Yes, people, it's episode 213 of Griff's Brain Dump. It's me, Griff, obviously. How are you doing? It is Sunday, the 28th of February, 2021. Jesus Christ, we're almost in the third month of the year and we're still in lockdown. Um, how are you doing? How are you doing? Uh, if you hope you're doing well, if you'd seen my social media you see that i made somewhat of an announcement uh, this week so yeah that's what's been going on in my life and that's what's uh is, is good to be getting that weight of a uh secret <laughs> a secret that's the thing things it cast as a secret um other things it's just privacy it wasn't a secret it's just a bit of privacy um of that my wife is expecting a child we are having a daughter um so she's 20 weeks pregnant so 20 weeks to go um so that is fantastic but it means the pressure is on to get this bloody house sorted because she cannot be coming into this world uh in this place that we live in right now not that this place we live in is a terrible place it's just not big enough for the three of us even as a baby it just it's just baby stuff there's not enough room for that stuff here so um yeah so and if you saw as well you know the route of us getting there was through uh the wonders of modern science through ivf or ICSI to be precise um I mean, we'll talk. I want to talk about that in some detail, I suppose, at some point. Probably not on this pod. Um, my wife and I were discussing about maybe doing maybe a few kind of separate special podcasts talking about uh, our journey with all of that and getting to where we are now. Um, I think that'd be quite good. It's twofold, I guess, as someone who I suppose is relatively young and someone who is relatively black <laughs> so, <laughs> so we talk about that um but yes yeah, so i probably won't talk about that much on this podcast um because this podcast is all about me just me and, the, and my views on things and stuff so yeah i think that's more of a shared experience so we'll talk about that then with her um but that is what was announced this week so yeah it's cool School that um, wait wait to 20 weeks because um, one of the most straightforward from 12 week mark. Uh, so we was geared up to tell everyone at 12 weeks, but uh, decided to wait to 20 weeks instead. But that that is that. So that that's cool. Um, so naturally, I've got lots of material to talk about that when it comes to returning on stage. Um, like the psychopath I am that's what it is when you're a comedian anything that goes in your life good bad um, a blessing or a struggle whatever you're just like well jokes popped in my head I am distraught at this very moment jokes popped into your head it's, it's horrible it's horrible that your that your brain becomes automatically wired like that someone is telling you a terrible story of theirs and in your head you're like mm actually the punchline was this <laughs> oh dear it's nuts it's nuts i remember one friend was telling me about how um one of their their parents had i think maybe attempted 
to take their own life. And they told me this story, a very heartbreaking story. And, and just all through stories like this, oh, this is really bad, this is really bad. But they said one thing at the beginning of the story that took my attention away. That I was thinking, wait, are they going to go back to that at the end of the story? And then I realised, no, Darren, they're telling you a traumatic story of their past. This isn't a joke. I said, ah, nuts, because I would have... Uh, tied up the story like this so yeah but um what else been going on in my week um nothing in my week personally other than what i just spoke about earlier um no nothing nothing of of note i guess just stuff is clocking online and stuff it's, it's the one thing that's really drawn my attention more than anything else is this shamima begum um, situation scenario it, it is nuts so if you don't know about Sharia Beng she's lost the high court appeal I think to attend her hearing in the UK that's all she has so she's been stripped of her citizenship and she's lost her appeal lost her lost the appeal to say that she's not allowed to attend the hearing or the appeal of her citizenship being stripped it's one, one of those things right um so that's up for debate still, whether her citizenship should have been stripped. But now they're trying to decide whether she's allowed to actually attend. Now, for me, um, I try and follow the argument online. You just have to ignore social media because everyone's putting in their emotional response to it. And they're, they're talking about things like, fuck her. She left to join ISIS. She can go right over there. Other people go, you shouldn't talk like that as a black person because this could happen to you. You could have your citizenship stripped. And people are like, I ain't trying to join ISIS or bun her. She was groomed. She was 15. What are you talking about? When I was 15, I wasn't trying to join ISIS. <laughs> like, that's all the arguments online. Whereas I don't actually care about any of that shit. Generally don't. Generally don't care about any of that shit. All I care about is the actual legal technicalities. That's what's interesting to me. So one of the, I guess it, um, I was reading the article and they kind of split it into three different points. So the first one was her citizenship. Can her British citizenship be stripped? Can it be removed considering that she's born in the UK? Uh, she's only lived in the UK. Um, and that she's never claimed citizenship for anywhere else. Right? Um because the UK government's argument is your parents are Bangladeshi. Therefore, when we strip you of your UK citizenship, you are eligible to be a Bangladeshi uh, citizen. Now, Bangladesh have come out and said, <laughs> um, no, deal with your own rubbish. Yeah. Don't just dump your rubbish on our lawn. Don't put your rubbish in our recycling bin. That's you. She left your country to go Syria to join a terrorist organisation. She's a danger to your country. You deal with her. That's not for us to deal with. So I, for me, I hear that on a principle in the sense of she's nothing to do with us. Her mum's Bangladeshi. She ain't. Not right now. And the UK government's argument is that it automatically happens. Now... I thought that was very um, rich from the UK. I thought it was very cheeky. You know, it all ties into that kind of imperialistic attitude of we're the UK and we can tell other countries what to do. Um, especially with the Bangladesh 
um, all, all their arms of government, the, the high courts, the, the political leaders, they were just like, no, this not coming back. I'm not coming back, sorry, not becoming a Bangladeshi citizen. But then I read that apparently in the Bangladeshi constitution that anyone who's born of Bangladeshi parents has an automatic right to Bangladeshi citizenship until they're 21, essentially until they're an adult. So while they're a child, they're entitled to Bangladeshi citizenship. That's an automatic thing. Um, so they have like a dual citizenship floating about there. So for, in the case of Shamima Begum, if you interpret that, she's British and Bangladeshi until Britain go, she ain't British anymore. And then the Bangladeshi thing should automatically kick in. Therefore, she's not made stateless, which is actually illegal. You can't make someone stateless. And that's what the UK are arguing. We haven't made her stateless. We've stripped her citizenship. She's now Bangladeshi. Now, I guess what the argument is, is that if Bangladesh, at the same time as the UK, have said, you're not eligible to have our citizenship, which I'm pretty sure they're allowed to do, same way as the UK is allowed to strip some of a citizenship, uh, I'm pretty sure Bangladesh wouldn't think they'd have to strip someone of citizenship if they don't hold Bangladeshi citizenship. You see what I mean? Because how it gets very complicated. Like now, because the UK pulled it first, you know, automatically defaults to Bangladesh and Bangladesh now can't make her stateless. So that's the argument now. What citizenship does she have? Um, so yeah, it was a bit of a piss take for Britain to to uh, deny her citizenship. Uh, I'm, I'm removing all emotional attachment to that about, you know, being a son of immigrants, whatever. I don't care about that per se um, for this particular point in the argument. It's more, for me, it's more about the legal technicality of whether she does automatically gain Bangladeshi citizenship. Um, now to add a bit more emotiveness to it on that point, I guess because me being Jamaican, I read up on the Jamaican thing, any descent, descendant of Jamaican-born parents are automatically Jamaican. I didn't know this. Are automatically eligible for Jamaican citizenship. So, therefore... I'm automatically eligible to make a citizenship. Therefore, the UK, if this rule is allowed where you could just strip someone of their citizenship and they default into whatever they're eligible for, I would also be in the same firing line as that. Now, arrogantly, I don't think that will happen to me because uh, I'm quite a law-abiding citizen. Um, I think I would just be treat, treated as, as British. And um, and personally, I haven't tried to join a terrorist organisation. I'm not just ignoring those key facts there. So that's the that's one point of the argument about the citizenship. Second point is whether she's allowed to um, is whether the conditions she's currently in are against her human rights. So she's currently in like a detention centre in northern Syria, which is controlled by Kurdish armed forces. Um, and it's a bit of a madness there. Now, I think the European like Commission of Human Rights has said where she is violates her human rights. She shouldn't be detained there and she should be allowed to return home. I'm pretty sure that the guys in northern Syria, the Kurdish uh, armed forces, would be like, we'd be very happy to send her to the UK. But the problem is, once she got to the UK, she would just be flicked back. She wouldn't even be allowed to board a plane. You can't board a plane unless you've actually got a destination, right? So she's got no, she's got, she's not even allowed to land in the UK. So they can't put her on a plane and send her anywhere. 
So I think the European Commission of Human Rights has said this is in violation of human rights. However, um, regardless of the EU thing and Brexit, regardless of that, I think that this is outside of the jurisdiction of the EU. I think, whatever reason, it's outside of the European views. They can just give their view, but the UK can override that on the fact that they've said her threat to the UK is way higher than uh, than her right to be somewhere safe. And they don't think that she's in any further danger, her remaining there. She was there before, she's not in any further danger before or after they stripped her of her citizenship. That's their argument. So again, feels very heartless, but on a legal basis, I can see that argument. You know, in the sense of when you was a UK citizen, you were there. Now we've stripped your citizenship, we haven't put you in any more vulnerable position still being there. So that's that. So that's what that bit's about as well. So have they violated their rights doing that? So the um, European Commission thinks they have. The UK says, well, mate, even if we have, she's too dangerous coming to the UK. Um, the sticking point for me is the third one. Now, it's about her being able to attend her own hearing. Now, that's why she wants to come back to the UK to appeal so she can for the appeal so she can actually be there in person and make a, a case now i for me personally it doesn't matter what crime how heinous it is whoever you are i think you should have a right to defend yourself and plead however you wish to plead that's that's my thing personally i think and i think that is the law right whether you're an arsehole or a bastard you, you should be able to uh, plead how you wish to plead and removing her right to come to the UK on the grounds of she's too dangerous to be in the UK, therefore they don't want her here. They say, no, you can't come. Here's the thing for me, here's the kicker. She's not allowed to contact her lawyer or actually be present by video either. That's odd to me. That's really odd to me that you're not allowed to be present by video. Like surely you're, you've got a very big vested interest in this discussion. You should be allowed to go, um, excuse me, that was wrong what you just said. You know what I mean? You should be able to be there, but they've ruled, she, no, she can't. Uh, and I think the compromise should be she's allowed to attend her by video. Now, I'm not sure if they don't have, like, the video tech to set up in this buddy camp in um, in northern Syria. So that's odd to me. Now, let's talk about the emotional side of it all. Um, she was 15 years old when she went. Um, was she groomed? I would say so. Would this have been different if she was a, a white girl? Uh, well, they wouldn't have been able to strip her of her citizenship. That's definitely for sure. When I say a white girl, obviously a white girl whose parents are born in the UK as well. Obviously, if she's a white girl and her parents are Irish, I suppose they could do the exact same thing. Or from Eastern Europe, Australia, you know, anywhere. If they, if she's got an ability to have dual nationality, they would be able to do the same thing, black or white. But she's groomed. Um, she was 15. So that that is worrying for me, um, and I think and be personally, I think the UK should deal with her because she is UK's problem. I guess where the UK do have the government have you know grounds on that argument is her apparent lack of remorse and her apparent unaffectedness of what she's seen, meaning that she's a tapped individual, which usually is the case for some for. Many people have gone through trauma, have been effectively abused, 
let's think about this. Let's think about this, right? She's 15. She's decided that she's going on a plane to marry a man, 19, I think he was at the time, in a foreign country. There, she said that she's witnessed beheadings, um, seeing people's heads in bins, and she's like, doesn't bother me. She's also said that she doesn't regret going. She just wants to come back. Now, for me, that level of honesty implies to me that she's not any kind of criminal mastermind. If anything, she seems quite remedial. Like, she doesn't seem like the sharpest tool in the, in the box, right? Yeah? A few sandwiches short of a picnic. I've seen the interview where the guy's trying to tear her up. I used to joke about this. He's teeing her up, going, hey, do you regret going to Syria? She's like, nah, nah, I'd go again. <laughs> it's like, wait, do you, do you not understand? Like, the fucking shit you're in right now. Who, why has no one coached her just to have a, you know, just tell a white lie, little lie there. It's a tiny little lie. You know, change the story just a bit, Shamima, so you can come back. But no, she doesn't. Because she really just doesn't, she's not seeing the bigger picture for me. So I personally don't think she is a threat in and of herself. Um, I imagine if you told her, has anyone told you that, uh, has anyone told you that you, when you come here that you need to blow up anything? She's probably like, yeah, I was told that. As soon as I get it, I need to do that. And they're like, oh, there you go. That's why we can't, uh, can't let her in. I don't think you even need to send her any kind of trick question. Not at all. No trick question. Just ask a straight question. She'll give you straight, stupid answers. <laughs> but no, it's an interesting case, though. Very interesting case. Um, obviously, lots of people are jumping in on it with their own personal things. You know, calling uh, Pretty Patel names, uh, Javid names as well. Um, I can't remember his first name. I don't begin with S. Sajid Javid? Sajid Javid, isn't it? Um... But they're just doing their job. They are actually just doing their job. Um, and I get, I get you're going to take the maximum way of not accepting liability for this absolute huge liability that is a bloody teen soldier, <laughs> potentially. So it's nuts. It is really, really nuts. Really crazy um, that, that this happened. But for me, you... <laughs> You kind of got to take the... I guess if you can avoid taking the risk, you don't take it. But for me, she's a British citizen. Uh, you can't just offload her and palm her off to other countries. It's so different to someone who... Like, people try to link it to the Windrush thing. Now, the Windrush thing is different to me in the sense of these people were born in other countries. So that gives an argument for why you would be able to deport someone. And the flip side is that these Windrush people didn't actually commit crimes. Some of them, you know, if you talk about the ones that did commit crimes, that like people flipping came over to the UK when they were 18 months old and got a speeding ticket at 21 and now they're trying to get shipped off to Jamaica. Yeah, that's all, that's a, a flipping mess. But, um, but yeah, it's just, it's going, it's an interesting story, man. Very interesting story. See how this turns out. See how this turns out completely. But yeah, um, then what else was I going to say? Yeah, so that's, that's it really about Shamir Begg. I've just been following that. I we find that it's really interesting. Um, but what else has been going on this week? I mean, anything else in the news has 
caught my attention. I mean, we're potentially coming out of lockdown, obviously. We've got the countdown to getting out of lockdown. Everyone's very excited. The internet is falling apart. June 21st or 22nd, I can't remember. There's so many bloody memes about how we're all coming out. Everyone's just talking about how they're going to be throwing their kids out of car windows to get to the rave. It's um, it's all a bit mad. It's all a bit mad, guys. Um, I'll tell you for one, I'm actually not trying to be out that day. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm more excited about the other days in between. So, like, when you're allowed to meet people outside and stuff. Like, me and my friends, we've already tried to arrange barbecues and things like that. Like, granted, I'm more excited about that. I'm more excited about returning to playing football at the end of March. That's more exciting to me. Um... But that big day out, uh, nah, trust me, I am indoors, um, or I might be in a park if it's sunny, but I, I'm not trying to be inside any club at all. People are just going out, they're going to be barebacking people in alleyways, and it's going to be mad. They're like, I ain't got COVID, and like, yeah, but you've got full-blown super gonorrhea, though, like, <laughs> that's what you've got now. So I think everyone needs to relax, um, a li- just a little bit, just a little bit. You know, it's not that deep. You're about to go out the next day or the day after. Don't fuck yourself up so now you can't go out for carnival or anything like that. Do you, you know what I mean? Just just pace yourself, people. Pace yourselves. I mean, the Euros are going to be back as well. I think England are playing the next day. Something mad like that. England playing like the next day. So it, it's, it's nuts. It's all going to be nuts there. Um, is there anything else we're going on in the new... I don't think there is. Um... I'd have to drag the pod out if there is nothing else that's been going on. Um, I just feel like there's something really, really obvious. No. No, I'm just silly minor internet debates about Pete and Baz. <laughs> so like Pete and Baz, they're these old white guys in their 60s, 70s who do drill music. Now... If you watch it, you're probably right to assume it's probably not them rapping. But they like they're old school geezers, and they're ra- and they're rapping over drill beats. And to me, it's nothing but hilarious. But someone's pointing out to me that oh, but they're blocking the path for you know genuinely talented, you know young black boys, and how young black boys get demonised for doing drill, whereas these guys are getting celebrated. And I'm like, I hear that, but it's funny, isn't it? Like, they're not rapping about the old black boys. They're rapping about what old men rap about, just using current slang. It's funny. Like, sometimes, not everyday activists, did it? Sometimes, just just have a laugh. Let's have a laugh. That's the joke in itself. It's the juxtaposition of these old white guys rapping on drill beats. We know it's not them rapping. It's just, it's just a bit silly, silly fun. And then you know, you talk about blocking the way of people. Michael Dapper was accused of the same thing as well, with Big Shaq. But again, it's just like it's just a bit of fun. Now, I guess you could ask me, Darren, how do you feel if someone who's not a comedian was doing comedy stuff? I'm like, so what? So what if an actor stepped in the way they end up getting big comedy shows ahead of me? Or maybe someone who does stuff on, on bloody Instagram who's never done stand-up gets gets a better spot than me on a stand-up show. At the end of the day, guess what? It doesn't matter. 
Because if you're better than them, you're better than them. So it sounds like a dick thing. But just be better than Pete and Baz. Oh, yeah, Gareth Bale just scored again. Come on, he's back. He's back. Bale! 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 He's flipping back. I know it's Burnley, but I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's 4 0. Come on, Gareth. Fucking Bale. Um, I can't remember what I said. I'm too excited. I, I mentally ejaculated when Gareth Bale cut inside. Oh, dear. Let, let me just write scoregasm to my mate. Jeez. Now, uh, there you go. All right, scoregasm. I'm so wet. Um, right, so... <laughs> Anyway, let's go to Dear Deirdre because I am clearly distracted and I'm not ready to pod. Let's go. Dear Deirdre, uh, I gave my husband oral sex while he's driving to keep our love life spicy. What's the dilemma here? Did he crash? Let's see. Dear Deirdre, I gave my husband oral sex while he's driving in the effort to keep our love life spicy. But if I'm honest, I'm constantly trying to outdo his ex when it comes to sex. Yeah, don't do this. Because as a guy, he's going to feel the vibes as well. And uh, the competitive energy is cool, but the competitive energy is also going to make him think about his ex. And then she's now kind of in the relationship. And you don't want that. Uh, we've been married for six years, so I should feel more secure. But soon after we wed, he told me about the racy sex life he'd had with his ex. She's really attractive. And I think he told me told me so I'd be more adventurous. Well, it seems like it's worked. I'm 30, he's 31, and we have a son who's five years old. Look at that, you've got happiness in your life, and then you're going to just fucking dig out the worry and stress. Let's see, though. Initially, I put a lot of effort into spicing things up between us, but I've started to notice it's very one-sided. Mm-hmm. We had... We have sex at least three or four times a week and I'm normally the one who initiates it. I'm the one who gives him oral and I'm the one who dresses up for him. Jeez. So what do you want? What do you actually want him to do? You sound resentful about it because granted, it seems like you're putting in a lot of effort. But have you said what you want from him? Bet you ain't. I bet you bloody ain't. So let's see though. Um, so I don't think he has ever given me oral sex. And yet I regularly go down on him when he is driving. Oh, you've married a Jamaican. An old school, an old school Jamaican. Um, I don't particularly enjoy it. But he mentioned his ex did it for him. when he, And he found it a huge turn on. At home, he goes into the bathroom. And then I get dressed up for him. Sometimes I put on racy underwear. Sometimes a sexy costume. I have plenty tucked in the back of the wardrobe. A French maid's outfit, an air hostess, and a nurse, to name but a few. Uh, it doesn't really do a lot for me, and sometimes I even feel a bit silly. He has said I don't always have to dress up, and that he finds me sexy as I am, but I don't want to disappoint him. Well, there you go. There you go. See how you've ignored how he said you don't have to do this, but you've continued doing this, and now you're resentful. Well, let's carry on now. Um, I also have a real fear that he will think I'm boring and want to go back to her. Um, he's married you six years in and you've got a kid. I think you're all right. He may leave you for someone else, but I don't think he's going back to her. He had a lot of time to do that. Uh, I think the longer he goes without going back to her, the less he would want to go back to her. Anyway, you shouldn't be giving your husband oral sex. Uh, yeah, sorry. So I've also have a real fear that, yes, I've really started to notice that he never asked me what I want or like. 
I'm getting a bit fed up and always and of always feeling like I have to cater for him. You shouldn't be giving your husband oral sex while he's driving us, it's very dangerous. But you are being oh wait. Is that Deirdre? That's Deirdre's line. Get out, Deirdre. Where's your question then? Oh, they've jumbled this up. Um Yeah, but anyway, so what I was saying, yeah, look, I don't feel like you've stated what you want um, sexually, and I'm sure you do know what you want. I think you've just spent so much of your time uh, trying to please him that you haven't actually thought about what would please you. So that's what you need to do. Do that. Um, listen to him when he says you don't have to dress up. Don't dress up. But find some stuff that you like. Who knows? You might like some real far-out shit. You end up with a sky remote up your bum. Anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, just friends. Do I keep trying to be friends with X after he ended whirlwind romance? Okay, let's see. Um, did, did you add, I had the most amazing form of whirlwind relationship with a man, which ended before Christmas. Um, I am no spring chicken as a 44-year-old gay man. Um, have had plenty of other relationships, but this one has knocked me sideways. Um, I was blindsided when he said we were finished. Ooh. But he begged me to stay friends as he wanted to keep me in his life. Is he still banging? Look, we can't be together, but we can stay friends. And when I mean stay friends, I mean we stay fucking. But we can't be anything more. Deal? <laughs> You're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's better than not seeing you. Sad. Um, since I split, I've hardly heard from him. And it's always me that instigates contact. Okay. Um, he's 29, he lives in Manchester, and I'm based in Stoke, not too far from each other. Um, I am due to visit Manchester next month for work, and I'm wondering whether I should get in touch. No, don't. Just don't. I think he's, I think he's split up for you and just wanting to be, you know, amicable. You don't need to be friends, though. So, just leave it. Um, so, yeah. Just leave it. Just, just, just leave it. I mean, there's nothing much more to say about that one. Right, what's this? No cane do. I have a cane in fetish, but my girlfriend refuses to be my punishment mistress. Oh, you like being hit. This is mad. Um, dear, dear, do you have a cane in fetish, but mistress refuses, uh, isn't interested in being my punishment mistress. I'm 43, she's 49, and we've been together for a year. Other than receiving the occasional mild hand spanking in foreplay, she refuses to go any further and won't cane me. Jesus. I went to my regular mistress, but my girlfriend noticed the marks on my bottom where I'd been spanked. So I've had to stop. So this is mad, because if you ever watch like Billions, you'll know that there's a, re uh, there's a relationship in there where um, my my man in there, he loves it. He he loves all of that being like um, the submissive and being punished. That's his thing. So his missus does it f for him. It's not really, she doesn't really get turned on by it. Um, and they had to like make a deal, like going, we do normal sex two days of the week and then we can do your wild sex two days of the week. And... Um, and then he just started spiraling out of control and had to see his mistress kind of thing. But then he was like allowed to see this mistress. Um, so yeah, it's all weird. It's all trust and whatever. But if you're not into that, like if, if that's what, sorry, if that's what turns you on, if that's your thing, you really need to find someone who's doing that thing for you. 
Because even though that's not for me, uh, it's kind of out of order to ask the guy to stop wanting that, if that's what he wants. You know what I mean? That if that's what he wants. And so you, you're hurting yourself by not hurting yourself. <laughs> you need to find a woman that wants to do those things, man. So that's all it is. I went to my regular mistress, but my girlfriend noticed uh, the marks on my bottom where I had been spent, so I had to stop. Should I give up my guilty pleasure or can I convince her to join me? We regularly spend a couple of weeks apart for work reasons, so I couldn't join my fetish then. The sores will have healed by that time um, we are together again. Nah, you don't start doing that because that's actually now you're being deceitful. You need to convince her that, look, that is what I need. You've got to come to terms with it. Well, if that's what you need, then you need to man up like, look, you either beat me with a cane or I'm out of here. And that's it. That's where it has to be, man. Um, so, yeah. I, I think that's what you have to do. Or, um, or start to start whacking yourself, mate. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, right, let's see one more. Let's see, get one more. All of them are just sex, 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 sex. Let's get something that isn't sex. Right, here we go. This is what to spell. Not sex, but it's relationships. Um, cooped up, staying with my girlfriend's family while we save for a home is unbearable. Um, dear, dear, I can't stand my girlfriend's family. And we're currently living in a parent's house while we save up for a flat of our own. Okay, that's nice of them. So let's remember that. Uh, are you living rent-free as well? Because that's absolutely wonderful if you are. Let's see, though. We get no privacy. Um, they're always walking in and talking uh, while I'm working. And my girlfriend spends more time with them than me. She never puts me first. In fact, if I have a disagreement with her mum or dad, she sides with them. If we all have dinner together, they tell in jokes and I don't get and I feel left out sometimes I think they're laughing at me raw this sounds horrible <laughs> I feel unsupported and like an outsider and end up hiding in the bedroom upstairs just to avoid them when I told my girlfriend how I felt she said I was being ungrateful and mean ah oh, god she sounded like a dick well maybe you maybe you did actually say that maybe you've articulated yourself horribly um yeah it's been ungrateful and mean we keep arguing about it and it's spoiling our relationship yeah, you need to communicate better, man. You need to actually, you know, because if you're just going at her mum and dad, you've got to remember she's kind of related to them. You know what I mean? She's probably kind of grateful. Um, So, yeah, let's, let's, let's remember that. Let's remember that uh, they are doing you a solid favour, an absolutely solid favour by letting you stay in the house rent-free. So remember that. Be grateful of that. You do have to be grateful for that. And maybe just state that when you're saying your points and stuff. And just say, look, maybe you don't understand it because you're with your family and you're clearly comfortable. Because but I'm not with my family. And uh, you guys aren't treating me like a guest, which is nice, I suppose, because you don't be treated as a guest. But you also got to remember, I'm not a part of the family. So you can't just be... It's all going. It's all normal. You know? It, but, mate, if you're hiding in your room, guess what? You're not going to be able to work out these in-jokes. So you just got to be there and just be like, yeah, just 
smiling along, just trying to get involved. This is what you gotta do. All right. Anyway, that's the end of the pod. Only 35 minutes. I think the pod is yeah, 36. Um, catch me on um, on Clueless Does the 90s. It's an online game show. I'll be a, a guest on there, which would be funny. Um, there's be like Pictionary on there and charades and. It's only 45 minutes long. It's going to be on on Monday. So when you listen to this, if you listen to this not on Monday, then you would have missed it. But I'll be posting the link on my socials. And um, that's it. That is the end of the pod. All right, people. Um, Yeah. Peace. Oh, and actually, before I go, go, if anyone does read my posts about uh, baby announcement and you do have any questions, about um about you know infertility ivf male fertility male subfertility sperm testing semen analysis all that stuff um yeah drop me a message i'm, I'm an open book i'm, I'm called cool to talk about it um so yeah drop me a message but yeah that's it end of the pod peace